It's time for Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Brought to you by Vermal Shoe Store, Randall, Newman Construction, Thielen Meats, and Little Falls, SCR Northern, the guys who answer the phone, Northern Sales and Manufacturing, your Ice Castle dealer in Pine River, Dotsler Power Equipment of Aiken, Tracker Boating Center of Brainerd, Oars and Mine and Crosby, Pine River State Bank, Bimert Outdoors Archery Pro Shop, Jack Pine Brewery, the official beer of Brainerd Outdoors, Freedom Firearms, The Power Lodge, Chef Robert's Fish Breading Mix, S&W Bait and Tackle, Crow Wing Recycling, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon, and by Radco, your truck accessory pros. Now, here's your host for Brainerd Outdoors, Ryan Moon. A very busy weekend here in Minnesota. We've got uh, fall fishing to talk about. Ray Gildow's got lake reports from across our area. Mandy Yurick will drop by. She's got some tips and some uh, baits she likes to use for fall bass fishing that she'll share. Steve Saponiak will talk muskies on the lax. Matt Brewer previews the uh, grouse opener this weekend. Brent Beimert will preview the archery deer opener this weekend and another great recipe from Chef Joel from Black Bear Lodge and Saloon. All that and more on this week's edition of Brainerd Outdoors. And we'll kick off the show with our Lake and Field Report brought to you by Oars and Mine and Crosby. No matter if your goal is pike, trout, walleyes, or bass, Oars and Mine gives you 10 different ways to get the bite. The next time you're in the Cuyuna area, Oars and Mine is a must-stop located on Highway 6 in Crosby. And we'll kick the show off with our local report. As always, Ray Gildow with the Nisswa Guides League joins us. And, Ray, basically we're now into the throes of fall fishing, I would assume, although it's been a little hot and humid here this past week, so it's it's felt summer-like. But uh, it sounds like anglers are having a pretty good time out there. We'll start on Winnie because you always keep a close eye on what's going on up there. What have you heard? Windy. <laughs> very, very windy. Uh, I called up there this morning. And they're not even able to get out of uh, high banks. It's just been too rough for almost the whole week. So there are people who are going up to the north end and going around Tamarack Point and trying to fish just for whatever they can catch in that area because the big lake has been just too rough to sit out there and, and pound. So there's a lot fewer boats. But I think it's fair to say the walleye bite's been slow now on Winnie. And the perch bite, will, I think, will get better. The water temperature this week is still 68, 69 degrees hmm. on some of these lakes, which is, it's got to be 10 degrees warmer than normal, I would say. I know the air temperature is 10 degrees warmer than warmer, warmer or normal. And um, so that's making things interesting. Um, so I would say overall, not a lot of people fishing on Winnie just because of the, the weather. We know we had such a great, mild summer with not a whole lot of wind, a lot of sunshine, clear afternoons. But this fall, we're making up for it with some pretty good-sized wind. Uh, I did get on uh, leech this week and fished the west side and uh, perched because that's the best fish that we've got in Minnesota. <laughs> and uh, I had a hard time finding good-sized perch. In fact, I was there with customers the week before, and uh, we got hundreds, probably hundreds of perch that we hardly caught any that first uh, time up there over 9 inches, which we just don't keep. And then I was up there this week, and I did catch some 10-inchers. That's the biggest I caught. The surprise lake right now, I think, in the northern tier has been Cass. Mm -hmm. Um, Cass Lake has been really good for walleyes, and it's been really good for perch. I've got a couple of buddies that were up there this week that filled out uh, on walleyes. And um, a lot of guys were doing well on perch, too. They weren't getting real big perch, but a lot of 10, 11-inchers, which is, you know, really all you can ask for. And then I think uh, sliding down to the Brainerd area, Gall Lake has been really good. Uh, the walleye bite has been really good on Gall Lake. I think right now it's our, our best area lake for walleye fishing. 
Um, I'm reluctant to say where they've been biting, and I don't want to get all my buddies mad at me. Sure. <laughs> but the north end has been the best part right now, I think, at this time. There's been a number of guys getting limits, and they've been releasing some nice fish, 27, 28-inch fish, 18 to 25, 26 feet of water on Lindy rigs, more Lindy rigs than anything else right now, I think. And I, I haven't heard that the mid-lake or the south end has is, is really been picking up very much yet. Most of the action's been up in that north end. You see them. There's a lot of days you see them and you sit on them and they won't bite. And it seems like the mornings have been the best. Uh, a couple of my buddies went out and got 14 in the morning, two or three in the afternoon with customers. So the morning bite was a lot better than the afternoon bite. The, that was before all this wind this week. So sitting out in the north end in 20, 30-mile-an-hour winds is not a very pleasant experience. So uh, you might want to try to get out of the wind a little bit. Uh, there still is a crappie bite going on, and the perch bite in most of our area lakes is starting. I think we're, we're probably not seeing a lot of the big perch yet just because the water is still 68, 69 degrees. But on leech this week, I didn't catch any, but I had two of my buddies around me picking walleyes out, uh, perch fishing with one and 32nd ounce little jigs with crappie uh, fatheads or crappie minnows, and catching 16, 17-inch walleyes. I mean, a couple guys got their limits in six and a half to seven feet of water. So... That's the west side of the lake. Uh, I haven't been in the mid-humps area or the middle part of the lake at all, and I haven't heard much about the north end. Usually this time of the year, uh, Wabash Bay is where we start catching a lot of those perch, and uh, I think you and I have been up there, mm-hmm. uh, up in that north end. And, and I haven't gotten any reports because there's only one resort up there now that's really active, and I haven't called them up there. Uh, I did have a trip this week. I had bought all these minnows, and, you know, they're not giving minnows away anymore. No, they're not. (laughs) (laughs) So I bought all these minnows because I had to pick up some customers, and I thought, well, these guys are going to want to go walleye fishing, and they wanted to go bass fishing. And so we went to the south end of uh, Gull, and we caught some quality bass in six feet of water right in the weeds. And uh, it was a high, sunny afternoon. I thought it would be pretty tough tough fishing. Uh, They weren't jumping in a boat, but the fish we caught were very, very nice fish. And they were all quality. I'd say all we probably got ten in the afternoon, and they were some very nice bass. So we're finding fish all over. This is our our weather. We've talked about this before. Our weather is just not normal. What it means in the long run, there was some reports this week that Minnesota is the state that's seeing the most extreme weather changes in the United States. I can believe it, and I don't know why that is. I, I didn't completely read that whole article, but uh, we're just seeing a lot. Uh, like Paul Douglas. Uh, who's a weatherman in the Twin Cities, saying we're not actually now seeing our summers extending through September. Although next week, it's looking like we're going to get back to reality with some temperatures in the 60s. Well, that seems to be the problem. Yeah, we're, we're getting an extended summer, but our fall seems to be shrinking. It's, it does. You know, we only get about a month worth of decent fall weather, and then... Bam, here's yeah, winter. You go out there and, and freeze to death. Right. So yeah. two things, Ray, before we let you go. Um, number one, uh, talking about Gull Lake, uh, the, the ang- two anglers that I talked to this week, they were having luck going into the evening, late evening, even into the night. Are you hearing something very similar to that, or is it kind of an all-day thing? You know, there? most of the guys that I fish with, including myself, we're usually done by 5, 6 o'clock, so we don't go out and spend much time on the, on the water at night. Uh, but, yes, I have been hearing that they've been doing pretty well at night. And I would be guessing that they're probably getting more fish at night in the mid-lake uh, range and probably on the south end down Wilson's Bay, too. Um, you know, it's just um, I think they're up in those weeds. I mean, if, and I think they're a little, they come out of those weeds just towards the evenings and start still pull, uh, pulling crankbaits in there and picking up some fish doing that. 
Um, there's also been a real good crappie bite on the south end. Uh, again, I'm not going to say where because it's a small area, but I've got some friends that have been doing really well in eight, nine feet of water just before dark, just on a couple little humps on the south end, and they're really nice crappies. And one last thing, you mentioned Cast Lake, and that is kind of been a, a kept secret here. Starting at opener this year, I think it was really hot. The interesting thing with Cass, and we've talked to Matt about this, I believe we've talked to Mandy about it as well, that lake has changed because it, with the zebra mussels and the invasives in there, it's become a clear lake, and it seems like a lot of anglers have had to relearn it. And by relearning it, they've had to try different tactics, and they're having luck. You know, that's I think that's true on all of our lakes with zebra mussels. Um, I have friends who this summer and this spring did really well on gall in four to five feet of water on sunny days, bobber fishing, where the sand and the mud comes together right off the weed edges, right in the midday times. We never used to fish like that, not not in that, that particular period. So I think it's true. We have to relearn how to fish these lakes because it's just they're just changing. Ray Gildow, Nisswa Guides League. You can check him out, raygildow.com, as well as all over social media. As always, Ray, I appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. And as we continue on here with Brainerd Outdoors, we bring in Mandy Urich. Of course, Mandy keeps us very uh, updated on what's going on in the bass world. First of all, Mandy, welcome back to the show. Hey, it's great to be back. And welcome back to uh, the zip code, too. You've been kind of out and about. You were up in Canada here for the last, what, week or so, 10 days? Yep, I've been up in Canada. I had a big derby up there, so I headed north up to Sunero's. Uh, Beautiful area. Anybody who knows me knows I absolutely love that Sunero's to Kenora area. It's gorgeous. There's phenomenal fishing, great hunting. Uh, It was a good week weather. From what I heard was exactly the same down here. It blew like you wouldn't believe, and on big water like that, it it makes it a, a really rough week. Um, the fishing was still good. The bite was still was still really good. Um, it was awesome. I got to watch my good buddy Jeff Gustafson, FLW tournament superstar, just absolutely crush all of us. But if you're going to get crushed by somebody, <laughs> I mean, you can't say no to getting crushed by you know one of the top anglers in the world. Sure. So you were strictly bass fishing up there, or were you doing some walleye fishing as well? I was strictly. It's predominantly a smallmouth bite up there. They do have largemouth. They're few and far between. But if you can get on them, there's some good ones. Like they're the people that were bringing largemouth in. You might have one a day, but they're you know five to five and a half pounds or six pounds so there's some good ones up there but yeah talk about multi-species I'm, I'm learning every year that I go up there it's hard to get around because nothing's you know marked or mapped with big rocks and I went into this one area and I'm like oh this looks awesome this looks bassy right my first cast and I've got like a 50 inch muskie on I'm all by myself <laughs> you know I'm trying to see on the trolling motor I hit the spot lock I got to get the net to get my bait back and I'm just like okay then I'm looking around and I'm like well, I can't take a picture, you know, so over the side it goes, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, I keep fishing along, make another cast, and I'm like, oh, this has got to be just a donkey smallmouth. No, it's like a 38-inch pike. I'm like, okay, what am I doing wrong here? <laughs> you know, moved out uh, to some deeper bites, too. You can catch those bass up there when the water temp drops a little bit more, anywhere from 20 to 30 feet. So I was on a good school, and I was like, oh, these look like really good smallmouth, and I dropped down on them. Nope, but they were a really good school of walleye. So wow. <laughs> it was a, it was a good multi-species just overall fishing affair, but I'm glad to be home. I'd imagine so. And Ray was saying earlier in the show that he was surprised where our water temps are right now. You've said the same thing even up in Canada where you were. The water temps much higher than what you expected, and you were fishing shallow 
when normally you don't fish that this time of year. Absolutely. Um, right now, that water temp up there should be in like the high 50s or mid 50s, and that makes that deep bite really go good. It was anywhere from 64 to 68 degrees up there, and that threw a lot of anglers for a loop. Even the local guys up there, they were saying, you know, what a warm, you know, hot, hot summer that they had without a lot of wind, and that's why those water temps were staying where they're at, which you got to adjust to what the weather's doing. Yeah. How has, you know, I've granted you just got back, but I'm sure you keep a close eye and talk to a lot of other bass anglers around here. And Ray had mentioned that he did a little bit of bass fishing and, and things he's heard has been okay. Have you kind of heard the same thing? Yeah, we're we're at that kind of odd time of year where we're waiting for the water temp to drop. So they put that feed bag on and then it really gets fun. Um, I saw some of the results, made a few phone calls, some tournaments I missed down here because I was fishing the Big Derby up in Canada and the weights just weren't there. I was actually really surprised to see super low weights, but that also entails it's been super windy. The weather's been volatile. You've got ups and downs with pressures and it's going to affect the fishing. So one of the things I wanted to talk to you about this week, Mandy, and we've talked about this before when anglers maybe they're they're they don't fish a lot and they walk into a store and they see this this wall of baits bass baits and stuff and they go what do i the fall we wanted to touch on five different ones that you like to throw this time of year correct we may not be quite yet but maybe by next weekend and the weekend after that we're definitely going to be into a perfect fall pattern water temps are going to drop temps are dropping the fish are going to start schooling and when they school they're going to school big which is awesome so you got to find the schools right so for baits, I like throwing a really big spinner bait this time of year, like a half even to a three-quarter ounce spinner bait. I like to change it up. I want a gold and a silver um, on there and then some kind of trailer. White, chartreuse green, you can't go wrong. But with those big baits, I like to cast them out and I actually let them sink depending on how deep the water. I'll count maybe to five and then... I'll jerk it really hard, and then I'll start my retrieve. You'll be shocked at how many times when you make that initial jerk that you get a reaction bite off of it just from there. So that's a good bait to, to find the schools, and even when you do get on the schools, if, there's, if they're active, then they're going to want to keep chomping it. As the water temp drops, just like in the spring, though, you got to slow down that retrieve a little bit, but go with the bigger baits. So good one, spinner bait. Second one, swim bait. I like a four-inch swim bait. Um, you can play with the colors depending on water clarity. And same thing, just casting out, bringing it back, slower retrieve. You can throw it pretty much everywhere, so it's a nice bait. The jerk bait. Everybody's like, oh, that's a walleye bait. <laughs> you know, no, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal bass bait. And the colder the water gets, the slower the retrieve that you're going to want to do. You know, jerk it a few times, reel it in, jerk it. And here's a, a tip. If they're hitting that back hook, it, just the back hook, you got to slow down that retrieve even more. That means it's a super finicky bite. Um, if they're crushing it, you're doing everything perfect. Um, crankbaits. Rattle trap, rattle trap, rattle trap. It's <laughs> rattle trap season, and I love it. Um, there, there again, uh, find some veg. Like we were talking about earlier, as the fall starts, that veg is going to start to die off. That's where those fish are right now. So you can find good clumps of coontail or cabbage. I'd be ripping that rattle trap through it over the top. Same thing with the spinner bait or the jerk bait. It's a really good bait. And the last one, big jigs, baby. Big jigs. And I mean half ounce to three-quarter ounce jigs. Uh, big trailers on big packas. Obviously, you're going to be throwing in a little bit deeper water. You can't go wrong with blue-black. Blue-black in the fall in deeper water is your go-to, especially in the morning. Um, those fish are going to be deeper and moving up gradually during the day as the water temp warms up. So... I would say in the mornings, I like to find deeper water that's directly adjacent to a shallow or flat. So if you can sit on a spot that is, you know, 20 feet of water, you're pitching up to 17 feet. 
and then it breaks, you know, maybe into a six foot flat beyond that. That's where you, where you need to go and you need to throughout the day move up when those fish move up into those shallows water as the water temp rises. Okay, so one, two, three, four, five, no frogs. You can still frog. <laughs> I know, I know. Shh, I don't want to give all my secrets away. You know, we, we talk about as the water temp drops right now, absolutely throw the heck out of that frog and that buzz bait, even spooks. Like people think of spooks as only summertime baits as, long, as well as frogs, and they're not. We can still throw them. When the water temp starts dipping, though, into like the mid to low 60s, it's time to put that frog away because – those fish are probably moving out of those shallower waters anyways to deeper waters unless they can move back up and down where there's a shelf system. But absolutely right now, keep hitting the frog. Why not? Head into fall, some great stuff, some great baits, and some great uh, tactics from Mandy Urich. Mandy, uh, going forward as we head into fall, you're going to be like all of us, very, very busy. I, mean, I know you're itching to get into the woods too somewhat. I, I am. I, I I literally got three days in the bear stand uh, before I had to leave to Canada in the water or the water the air tamp was just super hot you know and my bears went nocturnal on me got them on the trail camera so i'm like hey great i'm going for a week in canada got back checked the cameras and they're back so i don't know how i'm going to do it i got six derbies left <laughs> that i still have to pre-fish then i got a bear hunt then we get to go into our tree season we've got grouse season pheasant season yeah I really hope, you mentioned it previously, I know with Ray, that it seems like our our summers are getting longer, but our falls are shrinking. And that's unfortunate because if you're from Minnesota, I mean, everybody loves the fall, right? It's gorgeous and there's so much to do. And yes, we absolutely run out of time. Hopefully Mother Nature will throw us a bone this year and actually see if maybe we can... I'll, I'll just take fall in the mid-November and I'll be happy. Oh, that'd be fantastic. So we'll see. Mandy, if people want more information on you, how can they get it? Pick me up on Instagram, Facebook, website, tune in here, find us all over the place, podcast everywhere. Yes, we're on all the podcast platforms, so check that out too. Mandy Urich, Mandy, I appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. All right, sounds great. All right, when we come back, we'll talk muskies on Mille Lacs with Steve Sapaniak and Matt Brewer. We'll preview this weekend's grouse opener when we come back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3, and we head north for the Up North Report and bring in Matt Brewer with North Country Guide Service in Bemidji, and this is the time of year where Matt wears a lot of hats for us. I suppose, Matt, we should start off, small game opens up, as does grouse this weekend, and up by you, uh, that's something you really love to do, is get out in the woods uh, for the grouse season, get the dog going. Um, I imagine you're pretty fired up. I already have my uh, my shotgun sitting by the door in the case and i've already got got my shells sitting there i have several different jackets got a bunch of new game hide stuff this year so i'm excited to try that their upland stuff out and uh, got the got the collar charged and and the beeper going and everything's ready to rock uh, and nasa knows exactly what's happening because i pulled his bell out of the drawer the other day and set that by his collar and He's uh he's got the cowbell and and now he anytime somebody bumps it or anything he's like at the door ready to rock. So <laughs> after a long summer of uh of being lazy and and not really doing a whole lot he's he's pretty jacked to go too. So Saturday sun up to sundown I'm I'm in the woods. Have you been seeing? Because I know you've been spending a lot of time bear hunting and stuff the last couple of weeks. So you've been in the woods, Matt. Have you seen some things that have made you uh, think pretty positively going into this year? I've seen one grouse this oh. fall. Um, 
and uh, every year it's kind of like that. I typically don't see a lot. Sometimes I'll see a covey of birds, but typically during bear baiting, I, I really don't run into many. And then it seems like once the grouse season opens, you know, then then you can, you know you start to visit old covers and reliable covers and stuff like that, and and new stuff that looks good, fresh cuttings and stuff like that, and and you start to find some birds. But uh, but it's thick. I mean, it's really thick this year. <laughs> we 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 had some cool temps, but we didn't get anything close enough to uh, to dump leaves or anything. So I I imagine grouse hunting is going to be very tough for for several weeks you know usually once we get into that first week of october it gets really good but but i'll still be out um pretty much every day or as many days as i can be got to chase them buggers while you can i guess then basically you're just going to be working a lot of the trails because like you said it's so green and thick in the woods right now it's pretty tough to get around if you want to get into the woods somewhat yeah i mean opening weekend we hit the trails pretty hard but we do have some thick covers that we like to push um and the bummer is woodcock season doesn't open in, until next weekend, so I'm going to predict that we flush 30 to 40 woodcock and have 30 to 40 beautiful points from the dog where he looks at me and goes, why didn't you shoot? <laughs> but, uh, you know, he'll have to wait a week. But uh, but we have some of those young growth covers that, that'll hold birds, especially young broods and stuff. So so we'll be working some heavy stuff too, but, but going to do a lot, of, a lot of trail walking. I mean, it's just... You know, you're you're almost wasting money shooting shells through uh, <laughs> through some of the foliage out there. So we'll try to pick and choose and and do a little bit of everything. You know, and we talked to Ted Dick with the DNR here a few weeks back, and you know, last year the the drumming counts were way up, and there was all this optimism going into the season, and then it just kind of fell apart for various reasons. Uh, this year, not nearly the drumming counts that they had last year, but uh, Ted thinks maybe that will be the exact opposite. Maybe this year will be really good. Scared of Ted's predictions, but uh, <laughs> he is too. I think. <laughs> yeah, no, I've I've known Ted a long time, so we joke around a lot. But um, and, and I always tell people I I get asked almost daily about grouse stuff now that we're getting close to the season, and and I try to remind people like, yes, the the counts are down like twenty four percent in our area, but but that's not twenty four percent below what was harvested last year. It's twenty four percent below what was predicted last year so you know last year the predictions were like through the roof everyone thought ever we were going to have this banner early early peak year and uh and you know like I, like you said it kind of fell apart but you take 24 percent off of the projection from last year and we're still sitting really really pretty so um so if the bird numbers show up like uh, like the projections did for the drumming counts, people should encounter a lot of birds this fall. Uh, Matt Brewer, North Country Guide Service in Bemidji. Check him out at northcountryguides.com. He is all over social media as well. Uh, look forward to uh, hunting with you here in a couple of weeks, Matt, and uh, we'll check in real soon, okay? Sounds good. Out to Mille Lacs we go for the report out there. Steve Sapotiak with Predator Guide Service joins us. Steve, uh, you know, we talked to Matt last week. He was really happy with some of the muskie action up north. I wanted to get uh, pick your brain a little bit about right here in the immediate Brainerd Lakes area. Obviously, muskie anglers, that's where they go is Mille Lacs this time of year. 
We're into fall fishing. We'll even get into walleyes, maybe some crappies out there too. But I really wanted to start off talking muskies because uh, it's starting to be go time now. It definitely is. You know, Brian, with this uh, change of um, weather temperature and water temperature happening, you know, dropping down, the muskies got the urge to start putting on the feed bag. They're like a black bear come September, October, and early November. They're putting on the feed bag to get ready for the winter. And we're starting to see more uh, fish again in the shallows. We're starting to see some nice fish on the rocks. Uh, the weed bite has still been pretty good. We're seeing fish that we haven't seen before that spend all spring, summer, and early fall chasing the nomads uh, nomads of the deep. The circles and whitefish, they're starting to move in. And you can tell them right away because when they follow your lure to a boat, the whole area just shines because they don't have much for color being in all that dark water. But, yeah, things are looking pretty good. The muskie action is starting to pick up. We've been having pretty good luck with crankbaits, Brian, jerkbaits, and spinnerbaits. Uh, double tens have been doing okay. Nothing fantastic there. I think they lost their popularity. And plastics have been coming through too, pretty good. So you got a smorgasbord of baits to use. You know, fish the weeds, fish the rocks, fish the outside edge this time of the weeds. Start off deep. Look for a 16 foot range and move on in shallow. You're going to have some success. Just be ready to set the hook on anything and everything. You know, you mentioned the double tails may have uh, faded out a little bit. Do you notice that, Steve? Is there an evolution? year to year, every couple of years with, with baits that maybe have faded away and then they come back maybe five years later and then others that were hot, they go away for a while. What have you been noticing as a pattern there? Well, you know, you hit it right on the head, you know, it fades away. You know, I was surprised these double blades and these great big um, plastics have stayed popular with the muskies for so long. We had a good eight-year stretch, Brian, where if you didn't have a double blades on like those cowgirls and those great big bulldogs plastics, you weren't going to have much luck. But the last two to three years, they've really faded out. We're starting to pick up our fish again on the old conventional lures, like inline one-blade bucktail. We're having good luck with spinner baits, stuff like that. So it's back to the normal. Like I said, you know, that trend, it lasted eight years. I was shocked as heck it lasted that long. But it was a good run, and now it's faded off. We don't even catch half as many as we're used to with those popular lures. So just goes to show anything with a brain, like we always say, can be conditioned. That's what my next question was going to be, is the fact you've always stressed anything with a brain can be conditioned. And these muskies, a lot of the big ones, they're big for a reason. Oh, exactly. You know, I really love opening weekend, you know, midsummer, you know, when the heat piles on. And I love this time of year because we're starting to get different bites coming on. That crank bite and jerkbait bite can be awesome, Brian, and it's fun. It's been a great time. Started guiding for muskies uh, earlier, about second week of June, I think, was opener. So you go through June, July, August. Now here we are into mid-September, Steve. What changes tactic-wise that you were doing, say, six weeks ago? Uh, this time of year, we're really relying heavily on like a good jerkbait like the uh, suic is a fantastic jerkbait. Nothing imitates a minnow better, I think, you know, die a minnow than a suic. You know, it does good. A lot of crankbaits, Brian, anything with a round lip, short lip, it's got a real tight butt wiggle to it. We're working them relatively flat, you know, fast. The fish are at their fullest potential. It's nothing for them to take off after a really fast retrieved crankbait or jerkbait. You know, remember, they got the speeds in the in excess of 35 miles an hour. But relying heavily on the crankbaits and jerkbaits, we didn't do that much all summer, and the spinnerbaits are still doing really good. So what's new for us right now, basically, is the jerkbaits and crankbaits, and uh, just work them quick and hang on. What's uh, the story with the big pike out there on Mille Lacs? You know, I'm real happy to say the last few trips have been doing really good. We've taken quite a few over the, uh, I would definitely say over 12, 13 pound mark up to about 22, 23 pounds. 
uh, Pike. It's been fun for us. We've been using uh, sucker minnows and casting, which has been working out real well. We're catching just as many on sucker minnows, maybe even more, than casting. We're using sucker minnows about 6 to 10 inches long, hooking them through the top lip with a couple small trebles in back and working really slow, a half mile an hour, dragging them behind the boat while we got a guy or two casting. And that's the key. you got to attract these pike in. Uh, so far, the biggest pike has been uh, 44 and a half inches. That was a bruiser. So right now, the one-two punch, drag a Sacramento, not more than four feet below the bobber, and cast into the weed beds and around the rock piles. That's going to double your odds right there for the trophy pike. They're still in Malax Lake, and they're huge, Brian. And obviously fall, Steve, a lot of anglers like to get out there and go after walleyes again because it can be really, really good. Uh, Malax obviously well-known uh, for its walleye population out there. What can you tell me on that front? Walleye fishing has been pretty good, Brian. Can't complain one bit. Everybody's been doing really well. Some big, big fish. I've heard of a few 30-inches taken. I've seen some pictures of friends of mine and everything. 30-inch plus uh, walleyes. You can't beat it. Uh, jigs and minnows will be coming up real quick. I know some guys are doing really pretty good with jigs and minnows. Uh, going out there long lining with lead core and crankbaits have been real productive for a lot of guys. You know, they find the great big schools of whitefish and tulipy in the main basin, and they'll troll through them with lead core line, getting their uh, crankbaits way down there, you know, 25, 30 feet at times, depending on how much line you let out, of course. Early in the morning and late in the evening, trolling crankbaits around the rock reefs has been very productive. I know a few guys are still using bottom bouncers and crawlers. They're having decent luck. So virtually anything and everything, Brian, like you and I always talk about, Early in the morning, fish the flats, fish shallow. As the uh, day progresses, the uh, walleyes are going to go to uh, their secondary structure, which is down deeper, fish those areas. And again, nothing wrong with using a bobber and a leech this time of year. It's productive all around. There you go. Great stuff from Steve Saponiak, Predator Guide Service. You can check Steve out at PredatorGuideService.com. I appreciate the info as always, bud, and we will check in with you here real soon, okay? My pleasure, Brian. Thank you. When we come back, uh, we can't forget the archery deer season opens up this weekend as well. Brent Beimert with Beimert Outdoors Archery Pro Shop. We'll drop by to preview that next when we come back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. And I tell you what, we have been covering a ton of stuff on the show this week. We've talked grouse, we've talked fall bass fishing, walleye fishing. One other thing that opens up this weekend is archery. Uh, Deer hunters are going to be out in the woods as well. That's where we bring in Brent Beimert with Beimert Outdoors Archery Pro Shop. And Brent, we talked to you a couple of weeks ago. The big thing was the acorns, and uh, boy, they are still falling. This is a bumper crop this year. Yeah, I don't remember a year that we had so many uh, acorns. I mean, it and big. Um, some of my white oaks, I mean, they're just great big acorns um, and tons of them. Uh, the deer are definitely going to be in the oak trees early season. So that's going to be one place you're going to want to focus. And the other place, uh, being it's been as dry as it has, Brent, water sources are going to be huge. Yep. Um, it's been really dry lately, uh, hot. It sounds like this weekend is going to be real warm so water is going to be a key thing too. find a water source where they're going to whether it's a you know a pond or or a man-made uh, water source of some kind um, they need a lot of water and uh, just like we do and and water is going to be key early season now it's kind of a catch-22 for hunters say they've been putting in a lot of time into their food plots and their food plots look great and they also have acorns in, on their property do you want to abandon your food plots and, and call an audible at the 11th hour 
and head to those acorns, or do you still want to maybe hit your food plots a little bit because they still might might try and hit those? Yeah, depend upon what um, food they have in there. They're going to eat through those food plots a little bit, but but the majority of their time are going to be spent in the acorns. So I would I would come back to my food plots after they clean up the acorns, or when you see that transition, the deer you know the deer can kind of let you know. Um, like for instance, I got some cameras around my food plots. I was taking a bunch of pictures earlier before the acorns, and then now the pictures, I mean, they about stopped. I mean, the, the deer just transitioned into the oaks. They'll do the same thing. Once they start getting those all cleaned up, um, they'll transition back to the acorns, and then or back to the food plots. And then as the temperatures change and different things happen, you start to lose natural vegetation in the woods. That starts to die off. They will go back to those food plots. But they just won't eat them up as fast, which is a good thing, so then a guy can hunt them later in the season as well. So I would go to the acorns right now, though. And that's one of the other things that's going to be pretty tough to combat, too. Uh, and, and Matt kind of talked about it with grouse season. Uh, it's pretty thick and green in the woods right now. That's going to make things a little tough as well. Yeah. I mean, there's a ton of natural natural food in the woods that deer eat. And, you know, so there's there's a ton of food right now for bears, for deer, for everything. Uh, it was a bumper crop of berries as well, you know, for the bears and stuff like that. Hazelnuts, that's another thing that deer love. And the hazelnut crop this year was just tremendous. So I would key in on those, hazelnuts, oak, oak trees, and, um, you know, of course, keep your eye on your food plots because the deer are in and out of those a little bit too. They're just not spending as much time there. So if you've got a good water source, good acorn crop on your property and a food plot, you should be in pretty good shape. Yep, you're sitting pretty good then, especially if you got cover. All you need for deer is food, water, and cover. That'll hold them. And uh, if you got oaks, uh, more power to you. My woods does not have a lot of oaks. It has some, but um, the neighbors have a lot of oaks, which is kind of a bummer. Cause that's where my deer tend to uh, run off to is go to the neighbors and different things like that. But they still come through ours because we got a lot of cover and we got a lot of water, so that's that's a good thing for us equipment going into this weekend brent uh you really don't need a lot i would think uh cover scent is more a uh, thing to go with than attractors attractors will come in uh probably here in the next three four weeks uh and then i would i would say a thermocell would be another thing to have with you thermocell is key we have them in the sh- on the shelf right now i won't go to the woods without a thermocell early season because even last night i was standing around in my yard and um uh, with this heat now, uh, the mosquitoes were back out again, and they're going to be worse in the woods. So I won't go to the woods without a thermocell. And then, yeah, you know, um, as far as scent-free, um, you know, you got to be as scent-free as you can. And then uh, there's nose jammer. We use a lot of that early season. Um, it just helps eliminate their ability to smell. It just it fills them up with that um, natural uh, sense that they uh Loads over senses overloads their nose, so they can't really smell human odor. And one last thing, Brent, and we always like to stress this as much as we can during the deer season: tree stand safety. Make sure your stands are in good shape. And it's going to be, you know, it's been windy this whole week, and it looks like we're going to have this wind into the weekend too. Safety harnesses are key as well. Yep, absolutely. Um, get a good harness. It's the cheapest life insurance policy you can get. Um, you know, it just keeps you safe in the tree, and we want everybody safe and. You it to your family and, and yourself, and, and uh, just be careful when you climb. When you go, if you have a stand that's been out there for quite a while, double check it. Look at the straps really good. Uh, make sure it's still secure. Make sure they're not too tight. 
Um, if that tree is growing and those straps start to stretch, you know, you want to definitely um, check your tree stands over. And then uh, one last thing, Brent, as far as deer go, I, I've been seeing a lot. I don't know about you, but uh, I think I'm pretty optimistic heading not only into the archery season, but, you know, the gun season is going to follow here in a few months as well. I'm pretty optimistic going into this year. Yeah, the numbers look pretty good. Um, I'm seeing a lot of younger deer, which is a good thing for the future. It, it looks pretty good so far. Uh, I think it's I think it's going to be a good year. So, you know, guys just got to put their time in and and uh, be selective on what they want to harvest, and I think they'll come out all right. Yeah, and like you said, with this year and bumper crop of acorns that we've never seen before, I think uh, things are going to be pretty good here this first couple of weeks. That's Brent Beimert, Beimert Outdoors Archery Pro Shop. You can check him out just west of Brainerd Baxter on Highway 210 and also on uh, Facebook as well. Brent, I appreciate it. Uh, we'll talk to you soon, okay? You bet. Thanks, Brian. Good luck, everyone. All right. When we come back, Chef Joel with Black Bear Lodge and Saloon has got a fantastic walleye recipe he's going to share when we come back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Time for our Hungry Hunter segment slash famous fisherman. And as always, great outdoor recipes Brought to us by Chef Joel with Black Bear Lodge and Saloon. Joel, welcome back. Hey, thanks, Brian. And uh, we got this one when you said we got to do this. My mouth started watering right away. Walleye scampi. This sounds fantastic. It was a pretty uh, simple recipe. Well, in my opinion, it's a fairly simple recipe. I don't know. Uh, what is, we're just going to take some walleye fillets. We're going to take down a little bit of melted butter and uh, fill that in a little pan. Throw our walleye fillets on top, season it up, salt and pepper, and then we're going to Throw a little paprika on top. Doesn't add a whole lot of flavor, but it gives us a nice little bit of color. Brightens it up a little bit. We're gonna toss those into the oven. You know, depending on the size of your fillets, it's not gonna take you know too long. In about a 350 oven, you're looking at you know six, seven minutes, eight minutes tops. So once we get those cooking, we're gonna start making our scampi sauce. We're gonna take a quarter cup of butter, throw in some minced shallots and some garlic. Kind of let that cook down, sweat a little bit. Once the uh, garlic and shallots are kind of fragrant, we're going to hit it with a little bit of white wine, let that cook down, let that reduce a little by half, add a little fresh lemon juice, and then we're going to add the rest of our butter and turn off the heat and let that butter just kind of melt in and swirl it as that melts in. And we can top our walleye flakes with the scampi sauce and have a delicious meal. Fantastic. So it's very similar to a shrimp scampi type of very, thing. Very, very similar. Just yep. threw a threw a walleye in there instead. Well, why not? So if you want to give it a try, head to our website, BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com. You can click on the recipes tab, this one, and a ton of others for you to check out. Chef Joel, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon with walleye scampi this week. Joel, I appreciate it, <laughs> and we'll talk to you soon. Ah, thank you, Brian. And that'll wrap up Brainerd Outdoors for this week. Don't forget, you can catch the show just after 7, Saturday mornings, Sunday evenings at 7, and Monday mornings at 5 right here on B93.3. You can also stream the show live if you're out of town or away from your radio at BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com. Click on the Listen Live tab. You can also uh, listen to the show on demand at BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com. Or if you want to go the podcast route, we're available on all the podcast networks, wherever you download or listen to podcasts. Uh, Search Brainerd Outdoors, and then we'd appreciate it if you give us uh, a nice rate and review and subscribe. We'll see you next weekend for another edition of Brainerd Outdoors. I'm Brian Moon.
Brainerd Outdoors has been brought to you by Vernal Shoe Store, Randall, Newman Construction, Thielen Meats, and Little Falls, SCR Northern, the guys who answer the phone, Northern Sales and Manufacturing, your Ice Castle dealer in Pine River, Dotsler Power Equipment of Aiken, Tracker Boating Center of Brainerd, Oars and Mine and Crosby, Pine River State Bank, Bimert Outdoors Archery Pro Shop, Jack Pine Brewery, the official beer of Brainerd Outdoors, Freedom Firearms, The Power Lodge, Chef Robert's Fish Breading Mix, S&W Bait and Tackle, Crow Wing Recycling, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon, and by Radco, your truck accessory pros. Join Brian Moon just after 7 Saturday mornings, Sunday evening at 7, and Monday mornings at 5 for another edition of Brainerd Outdoors right here on B93.3.